I just want to remind you, too, that uh, Tyler made mention to it, but Easter is coming up two short weeks away, biggest day of, on the Christian calendar. We'll have four services. We encourage you to be in one. Saturday at 6 here, 9 and 11 here, and 10 at Mosley. We also are asking people to serve in one of them. So if you can serve at 9, maybe you want to come to 6 or come to 11, or you can serve at 6 and come to one of those. We just want to make, we just want to make it a great experience. Easter at Clover Hill is more for the lost than the found. We want to see people that don't know Jesus, some of your friends, family members that you've been praying for for a long time, that they'll encounter They'll encounter God and desire a relationship with him. So we want our kids' church to be fully staffed. We want those kids to be in there well cared for, a quality ministry. And, and again, if there's anywhere, we want it, smiling faces, great ushers, whatever. If you can come to one and serve one and then, again, pass out these cards and, and just get people here, it'll be a great day. And also on that day, we're taking up an offering for Royal Family Camp, which is our ministry to foster kids. It's a week-long camp, August 11th through the 16th. If you want to serve at that camp, just let us know. Email the church. We'll get you in touch with the right person. We, need, we call them cousins. They're, they're chaperones, whatever, counselors, whatever you want to call them, because it's a family thing. We, need grant, we just need all kind of people to help out. It takes about 75 to 100 staff to put this on and make it happen. Some of the things we do at camp, we do a big birthday party on one of the nights where it's everybody's birthday. They get great gifts, new shoes. They'll also have inflatables. At this particular camp, we did a bubble machine. Just had a blast. We'll, we'll get, some of them will fish for the very first time, catch a crab for the first time, uh, sleep. Uh, it just be around a campfire for the first time. There, there's all kind of outdoor activities. It's just, and so to make it happen, it does cost some money. We're believing God to help us raise 50000 on Easter Sunday to cover the cost of that camp as we invest in young lives. Amen, everybody. So be praying about what God would have you to do. And today I want to go off, off track a little bit. I've been in a series on eternity, but today I want to talk about refreshing for dry hearts. And uh, I think it's for somebody. I think it might be for a lot of somebodies. I know this sermon was even birthed out of a dry time in my life where my prayer life just seemed, you ever been there? It just didn't seem like it was connecting where my passion and fervor were less than really adequate, where there was not a whole lot of motivation spiritually for the things of God and just dry. And, and this is what I know. You don't have to stay there. That you, there those, this is, you also need to know, and I'll tell you in a minute, so I probably don't need to tell you now. Let me just tell you what. Here's, here's where this kind of came from. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, Paul's talking to a church in Antioch, not the church, but some people. He went to the temple at Antioch. And he starts telling him about the history of God in Israel. He talks about Moses and Joseph. And then he gets to David, and he says, this is what God said about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And I thought, man, that's what I want. I want to, do, I want to be so in tune with the Spirit of God that when he directs me, I want to do it. I, I, want, to, I want to be sensitive. Who, whoever he wants me to talk to, I want to talk. Whatever he wants me to share, I want to share. Wherever he wants me to go, I want to go. I want to be so in tune and so in alignment with the Spirit of God that his voice is so profound that it, that, it, that it outweighs and it overpowers every other voice in my life that I'm moving in the direction of the Holy Spirit. And you say, no, that's not possible. That is possible. In fact, that's what God wants for all of us. He wants that for each of us, that, that we are men and women after God's heart, and we will do everything that he asks us to do. And so I started looking at 
so David, what, what was so unique? What, how did this happen? How did he do this? And Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are just his journal, his writings inspired by the Holy Spirit and now given to us, not only inspired by the Holy Spirit, but spoken by the Holy Spirit, report, recorded by King David and given to us as a lesson and as a model and some instruction. And I found in Psalms chapter 40 where, where David was really at a high point spiritually. And he was really experiencing God on a real intimate level. And he wrote this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. I mean, I prayed, he answered. I worshiped and he, I experienced it. I opened my Bible and it came alive. I mean, you, you ever been in that place where it's just like your ears are wide open, your mind is able to receive, your heart is laid bare, and God's just dumping things in your life. God's just doing things for you. God, you're just so aware of his presence. Again, you're in line with the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and that's what, this is the place David is. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. I was in a bad spot, but not anymore. I was in a, in a place of difficulty and challenge, but not anymore. Now he set my feet on a rock. He's given me a firm place to stand. I've, I've never been so stable in my walk with the Lord. I've never been so confident. I've never been so sure. I've never been so close. I've never been so connected. Me and God are, it's just, it's just an amazing experience. He put a new song in my mouth took out all the tear in my beard, my dogs run away and won't come back, and filled me with a new song, gave me a song of hope, a hymn of praise to my God, and many will see and fear and put their trust in God. And, and this, is, this is David on the mountaintop. This is David close. This is David, David centered. This is David experiencing. This is David fulfilling and experiencing the fullness of God's grace and goodness. But, but that was just a season there was another season in Psalms chapter 42 where it wasn't so good, where he didn't feel so close, that he wasn't on the mountaintop. And I thank God for the mountaintop. The mountain is where our gratitude increases. But there's something good about the valley too. It's in the valley where our desperation increases. On the mountaintop, we're declaring, God, you are good, you are an awesome. But it's in the valley where we go, God, if you don't show up, I'm not going to make it. If you don't do something, it's where our heart is poured out. It's where we get on our face before God and say, God, we're desperate for you. We need you more than ever. The mountain is good. The valley, it's not either or. You need both and. And much, most, a lot of the time, our Christian walk, it, it, that's what it is. It's kind of an ebb and flow. And David now says, as the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my God. I'm still thirsty. I just can't get any relief. I can't. Where I was a few whatever ago, now, where are you, God? My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. I open up your word, and it's just like letters on a page. I spend time in prayer, and it's just bouncing off the walls. I come to worship, and I just don't feel you or sense you. When, when can I go and meet with you, God? I go into my quiet place, and you're not there, and so I go on a walk in nature, and I don't feel you. And I, what, My tears have been my food day and night. I mean, he goes from this mountain to this valley to this God. You're an amazing God to God. What's happening? Where are you? While people say to me all day long, Where, where's your God now, David? Not feeling so good now. Where's all the victory? Where's all the triumph? Where's all the joy? Where's all where, these things I remember? God, I want it like you. I want it. I want it like it was there. Then, as I pour out my soul, 
He even says how I used to go to the house of God under the, and he's not quit going to the house of God, but he used to go to the house of God in that season, in the mountain season, and, and he felt the protection of the mighty one. There were shouts of joy and praise and honor and celebration. It, just exciting to be in God's presence among the festive throng. But here, listen to this. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Now he's like, his, his song has went, great is our God, to where are you, God? His hymn has went, God, you're so good, to God, what are you doing? And he finds himself in a, in a dry spot, and maybe you're there today. Maybe your, your, your prayer is not, it, it, you just, it's brass heavens just kind of bouncing back. The word's not coming alive like it once was. Maybe you've kind of lost your passion, your fire, your zeal. Maybe when Tyler talked about passing out one of these cards, yeah, that's not for me, that's for somebody else. This is more of a burden. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want anybody to know God loves them and so do I? I mean, but what is that? Just, you, 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 you know, Sunday morning is just another thing to check off your list. Just, there's just no, and you know, Paul, what Paul said is don't lose your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. We, we, it doesn't mean that you live on the mountaintop all the time, but it does mean that there ought, to be ze- there ought to be some zeal. There ought to be some passion. There ought to be some fire that you don't have to stay. You don't have to stay dry. And if you're dry today, there's good news. I want to help you out of it. I want to give you a few things that if you'll put into practice and you'll remain faithful in, that I'm, I'm confident that God will see you through and will, got, will do something and, and, and that you'll once again experience his presence in a greater Dynamic. Here, here's the first thing I want you to know. If you're taking notes, write this down. And if you're not taking notes, write this down. Here it is. Don't panic. If you're in a dry season, if, if you kind of lost your motivation, if you lost your passion, if you lost your zeal, if, even if you feel like you've lost your purpose, don't panic. God has not left you. God has not forsaken you. There, there's many reasons why we can go into a spiritual valley or a dry place. Maybe it's Maybe it's just fatigue or exhaustion. You've been, we're body, soul, and spirit. And so when one of those are out of whack, it can affect the other. So you might be working a whole whole ton, or you might be unhealthy in some of your habits. And and you say, well, it doesn't affect. It's just my, no, no, it can affect you spiritually. And and so you got to be aware of that. There's no focus. The focus is on the spirit, but the body and the soul do matter. You realize that. You You can go into a season of dry time or a valley when you go through a challenge, a difficulty, a hard time, David on the mountain, he had just defeated Goliath. And, I mean, he's everybody's hero. He's at, boys want to be like him. Girls want to date him. He's got influence. He's got power. He's just knocked off the head of a nine-foot giant. And Saul has slain his thousands. But they're singing about him. David has slain his ten thousands. But then Saul gets ticked. Saul gets mad at him, jealous at him, tries to assassinate him six times. He has to leave his family, he has to leave the court. He was, in the, he was in the palace. He worked alongside Saul. He was one of Saul's main men. Now he's on the run. He, he's, he's hiding out. He's trying to get away. Finds himself in a cave. God, again, God, where, what have you done? Where, where are you at? And, 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 and you, can, you can be in different difficult situations, but I, I want to encourage you, don't panic. Don't don't. Don't believe that God has left you. Here's what, here's what David said in Psalms 139. Where, this is what he learned after being on the mountaintop and being in the valley. Where can I go from your spirit? I might not feel it. I might not sense it. I might not be walking in it like I once was, but it's there. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. 
If I ride on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there the Lord will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Here's how the writer of Hebrews said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. In the valley, don't panic. God's not left you. God's not deserted you. Here's how, here's how Paul said it. What can separate me from the love of God? Can, can trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I am convinced that neither angels or demons nor the present nor the future nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation can separate me from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus. When you're, when you're, when you're at a low point spiritually, don't panic. We all go through seasons. We all go through ups and downs. We all have closer experiences sometimes than others. It's not a time to panic, and it's not a time to stray. Don't stray. Here's the next point. Don't, don't, don't stray. I learned this from the Discovery Channel, National Geographic, and it's backed up by the Word of God. I don't know if that's, that probably shouldn't have said it like that. The Word of God said it, and it's backed up by the Discovery Channel. That's much better. And what I found and saw that there are lions trying to seek and devour. And you watch it, and you'll, you'll always see these lions, big mane, our small mane, crouching around looking for some kind of animal to devour. And they will never attack the herd. They'll never go after the pack because they're smart enough, they're wise enough to know that they'll get stampeded, that they, it will do more damage to them than good. So what they do is they look for a stray. They look for a wonder. They look for, for one of the zebras, the, the animals that have drifted from the pack, that's doing their own things, that's got away from mama, that's got out from the authority and the covering of the pack, that's, that's just kind of wandered along. And as they're separated and isolated, the lion's eyes light up because he knows this guy's easy prey. And before mama knows what happened, he'll grab that, stray and pull it back in the tall grass and have meals for days. It's the same thing spiritually. When you feel like you're going through a dry time, the initial response is, is to stay away. Stay away from the house of God. Stay away from the people of God. I, I just, I, it, the natural response is more isolation. Your, your, your relationship with God is personal, but it was never meant to be lived out in private. You need the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs you. There's strength in numbers. There's power in the pack. There is, there, there, there is something. There's authority. There's accountability. There's covering when you're connected to the house of God. I, I, love, I love podcasts. I thank God for online streaming, and, and all that's good. And I think as a, as a supplement to church, I mean, it's very important in your spiritual growth, but it doesn't replace church attendance. It doesn't, it, it's not either or, it's both and. You need to listen to your favorite pastor. You, well, I'm your favorite pastor. I, I know that. I mean, your, your favorite, oh, I'm your favorite preacher too. You need to listen to somebody else that's, that's communicating the word of God. But you need to be in the house of God, connected to other believers, walking in relationship with them, encouraging and inspiring and, and receiving accountability, being challenged, being motivated, being spurred on toward love and good deeds together. It's, in, it's important. I remember growing up, the church, and even now, but I, I can't say it now because, I mean, it's like my job, but growing up, it was so important to me, so vital to me. Is it hot in here? I am sweating. Turn on some AC in Jesus' name. I'm sorry. You, you think you're hot. Get up here underneath all these lights. 
What was I saying? Oh, the church was so important to me and so vital to me. And, and it was like an anchor in my life. And, 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 and you know what an anchor does? If you're in a boat, you drop, you drop the anchor because there's all the fish and there's, there's all the fun and there's all the life and you want to stay close to that or there's a good swimming hole or whatever that you drop anchor. And there is some, some extension on the anchor, some rope. But if the boat gets too far apart from where you want to be, it will pull you back. It'll, the anchor will draw you back to, to, the, to the center. It'll center you. That's how the church was for me when I wanted to drift. And, and there were times not when I wanted to, just by, just, I just did, whether it be trials or challenges or temptation or, or my own disobedience, whatever, if I drifted away. And I'm not talking about drifting away from the church. I'm talking about kind of drifting away from God. The church was the anchor. If I would allow the anchor to pull me back, the church is what kept me centered. The church is what kept me focused. The church is what kept me connected to God. I'm not in relationship to the church. I'm in relationship to Jesus. But the church was a vehicle to keep me connected to the author and the finisher of my faith. When you're going through a valley, it's not the time to stray. It's the time to... to Here's what... The song, again, David, man, I love him. The righteous will flourish. They'll thrive. They'll be blessed. They, they will grow. They will prosper. The righteous will flourish. They will, they'll, they'll, they'll thrive like a palm tree. A palm tree signifies, it, 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 it signifies a triumph and vic- victorious living. When, when Jesus marched through the city of Jerusalem, they took what? Palm branches. And they wait. Here's our victorious king. Here's our triumphant king. The righteous will thrive in victory, in triumph. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. A, Leb- a tree, a cedar in Lebanon was known for its durability. It was strong and lasting and permanent and stable and fixed and persistent. The righteous will thrive with victory and, and with triumph, they will grow persistent and strong and tough. How? Being planted, not coming every now and then, not just showing up, but being connected to a local body of believers where church is, is important to your walk with God, where your small group is, man, I don't feel like going every week. I don't feel like going every other week. I got other things to do, but it's saying I make time for life-giving relationships because I know that we're better together. They that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. That's what, that's what God said. That's why, that, and you know what I would tell I just you need to just make a commitment, and you need to say, hey, church is what I do. I'm going to be connected to a life-giving body. I'm going to give to it. I'm going to receive to it from it. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to serve in it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to connect relationally in it. And, and I would just add, come early, sit close, come expecting, come believing, come ready, come hungry, come to participate, not to spectate. Come as a contributor, not a consumer. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us come into the house of the Lord. In dry times, don't panic. God has not left you. Don't stray. Now's not the time to distance yourself from the people of God. Now's the time to to draw close to, to the church and what God's doing. Here's another thing. Press in through praise and worship. Press in through praise and worship. Oftentimes in the valley... It, it manifests in murmuring and complaining, which means in unbelief and ingratitude. Unbelief and ingratitude repel the presence of God. 
they, they're like, a, they're like you know, you ever put magnets? On the, do you do it on the opposite sides? And they, some magnets attract. I don't even know how it works, and I just thought of this right now, so I don't even know if it's going to make sense. But you can put some, can't you do that? And you can turn them over or something, and they, you can't even push them together. Ingratitude and unbelief is like the backside of two magnets trying to push together. You just can't, you just can't connect them to the presence of God. But praise and worship is gratefulness and, and faith. And, and that's, a tra- that's like two, the right side of the magnet. It's just like, it just like attracts the presence of God. Faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is rewarded with more of the presence of God. Gratitude is the gateway into God inhabits the praises of his people. When there's faith expressed in worship and praise and thankfulness and gratitude, when there, when there is a, no unbelief, but when there is just a, a desire, it attracts God's presence. It, here's, what, here's what John said. John said God is looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth, who will go after him. If you can't find God, just begin to press in through praise and worship, and he'll find you. He's looking for people. He's longing for people. And sometimes it is a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes you're not in the mode. You're not, you, you don't, God, maybe even God doesn't seem deserving. That's the time to press in. That's the time to offer him a sacrifice a praise, I will bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless his holy name. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It's in you that I live and move and have my very being. And I'm not going to let a situation, a challenge, a difficulty keep me from blessing my God. He is, he is drawn to that. That, 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 is, that. It's like a magnet, praise and worship. Press in through praise and worship. Here's what Paul said. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all situations or circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You're dry. You've lost some spiritual fervor, some passion. I mean, just, you're just in a rut. It's just monotonous, going through the motions, not getting a whole lot out of it not experiencing the presence of Christ like maybe you once were. Don't panic. He's not left you. Don't stray. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay involved. Press in through praise and worship. Don't, don't, allow, don't allow ingratitude, murmuring, complaining to repel the presence of God. Press in. Find something to be grateful about. There's something in your life you can be grateful about. The mercy of God, the goodness of God, the forgiveness of God. The grace of God, the promise of heaven. There, there, there's always, there's always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And here, here's the final last thing, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you, you're dry, you're weary, you're despondent. Be, here's how Paul said it. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery or all other kind of stuff. And I, I don't know, I don't think he's emphasized, I don't know, I'm not a, I mean, I've studied, but I don't think wine is, wine is a thing. And, and wine gives you a false sense of fulfillment. It gives you a false sense of joy. It gives you a false sense of, of, of confidence. But, but there could be other things that you could put in there. 
Maybe wine's not a problem. Maybe it could be a position or a power or a person or a place. Don't, don't be, here's what Paul's saying, I think. Don't be satisfied with something that will give you a false sense of fulfillment, that will give you a false sense of, of confidence, that will give you a false sense uh, of peace because you're going to sober up and you're going to realize that what you once were pursuing and once were going after has, has, has left you more empty and, and more sick and, and, and more time wasted than if you would have pursued the real thing. Don't be drunk on wine. Don't go after something that's not going to satisfy, that's not going to fulfill. Don't try to fill the hole in your soul with something else, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. The word filled means be being filled. It's like you don't just get filled one time. Why? Because we leak. We, we, we get, come to church, we have our devotion time, we sense God's presence, but then we go into a world that beats us up and, 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 and pressures us and causes, and, 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 we, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. God did not say, hey, you leak, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a plug. No, he said, I'm going to give you something else. I'm going to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to fill you. I think, again, I don't know, I think if he just plugged us up, we would just be satisfied with one thing. But because we leak, we can't be satisfied. God, I need another infilling. I need a fresh infilling. I need a new work of your spirit. I need a new grace in this situation. I need new power to overcome. I need new authority in your word. I need you more. Yesterday wasn't enough. Tomorrow I can't wait. I need you today. So be being filled. Man, that's good. With the Holy Spirit. Don't try to satisfy on something that's temporary. There's several words in the Bible that God uses to describe the Holy Spirit. So you'll see words like water in the Bible. And let me, John chapter 4, the lady that had five husbands and the woman, man, she wasn't living with a woman, she was living with another man. And the man she was living with wasn't her husband. And, and Jesus came to her and said, I can give you some water. They were at this well. I can give you some water where you'll never thirst again. Because obviously she'd been trying to fill her life with some wine, in this case relationships, that weren't satisfying. And she kept waking up to the same sense of emptiness and the same sense of unfulfillment and the same sense of, of, of uh, this isn't satisfying. But Jesus said, I, I got something for you. If you'll quit trying to get drunk on other things and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from their innermost being. He'll, he'll baptize you with water. Water, it, it's, listen, it's life, it's free, it's, it's pure, it's right, it's refreshing. You can go a long time without food, but you, can't only, you can only go a little bit of time without water. Water is what keeps us alive. Jesus said, quit going after things that won't satisfy and let me fill you, and streams of living water will flow from your innermost being. So if you're going through a mountaintop or a valley, if everything's going good or everything seems to be going bad, if the outward is wasting away, inwardly I'm being renewed day by day by day by the grace and the goodness of God. Water, there's, there's a, I went, here, let me just say this. Here's another thing. Uh, oh, here's what John said. I baptize you. Oh, another word is fire. 
So God wants to baptize you with fire. And again, it represents passion, zeal, purpose, but also it represents the Holy Spirit. I baptize, here's what John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come who is more powerful than I, speaking of Jesus, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You know what catches fire better than anything? Something that's dry. So if you're dry today and you'll go after God, if you'll press through and praise and worship, if you'll ask him to fill your, you're, you are a recipient. You are, you, are, you are in a good place for the fire of God to fall and ignite something in your heart once again. I love, I love, I love passion. I'm drawn to passion. I love, I love passionate people. I love when people do, when they do life with passion, when they do their job with passion. It's attractive. I don't know if to you it's attractive to me. Like there's this kid, he plays, if you're a basketball fan, you'll recognize his name. If not, you'll hear about him one day, Zion Williamson. He plays for the Duke Blue Devils and uh, 18, 19 years old. He's just a freak of nature. I mean, he is he, you, you, look athlete, you look up athleticism in the dictionary and his picture's there. He can ju- he's 6'8", 285 pounds, and when he jumps, his chin can go above the rim. He can do things on the court that you, you, just, you just can't imagine. I mean, it's, it's just, it's like, it's just a, like a breath of, I mean, it's just done so much for the game. But even more than his athleticism, I appreciate his passion. When there's a loose ball, he's diving on the floor. When there's a timeout, he's, he's getting in people's face and getting everybody pumped up and bowing chest. And, I mean, it's just like he loves the game. He wants to be out there. It's almost like I, I was made for this. The, the passion, the zeal, the fervor for the game, for the competitiveness, for the opportunity to be on the court, it just like sees out of him. Sees, it, it just comes out of him. That's what I want as a Christian. I want to be so passionate. I want to be, I don't want, I don't want this to be mundane. I don't want this to be routine. I don't, I don't want to come to church and just hear a sermon. I just don't want to listen to some people sing. I want a closeness with God. I want a connectedness with God. I want God to baptize me with fire, with zeal, with fervor, for passion. You know what I don't like? As a passionless preacher. I got, hey, just let me remind you. Don't quit. Don't, don't stray. Don't panic. I mean, there's some good guys like that, and I appreciate them, but I don't want to be like that. I want, I want to preach with passion. I want to be like Jeremiah, who said the word of God is, is like fire shut up in my bones, and I got to get it out. I want, to, I want to partner with the Holy Spirit to stir something in this place, to create, to create hunger and thirst and a desire, and allow the Spirit of God to use me to bring about even some conviction and some courage and to challenge you to go deeper and further in the things of God. Just passion. I baptize with water, but he who comes after me is mightier than I, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. God baptizes us with fire. I, I went, can I get, am I boring you? Can I go just, I was, I went to a church before I came here 22 years ago. And I was trying out, I thought maybe that's what the Lord would have for me. And, and, and it was in the country, not, nothing wrong with the country, but I got up, I, I went there. They sang two hymns, not against hymns, but they sang two hymns sitting down. No passion, no energy, no life, no nothing. Dead as four o'clock. I mean, it was miserable. And then they, they said, preacher, come up here and preach to us. And I gave them everything I had. I spit. You think I'm spitting right now? I spit. I sweat. I, I, I mean, I went after it. They, they just sat on their hands, cold, callous, hard. I, I said, God, I couldn't wait to get out of there. And on the way home, I said, God, if you ever let me pastor a church, mate, May the fire 
of God. May you interrupt us with the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. May water flow through our services, our time together. May living water flow and, and, and strengthen our innermost being. May, 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 we, may we not, my greatest concern is about not the right sermons that I preach or the right songs that we sing or the right programs we develop. My greatest, my greatest prayer is Holy Spirit show up. Holy Spirit do what only you can do. Holy Spirit ignite us with fire. Baptize us in your presence. Reveal your goodness. Do something in us that only you can do. There's another word for the Holy Spirit. It's breath. It's, it's the breath of God. Ezekiel 37, there's a story, there's a vision Ezekiel has of a valley of dry bones. And he goes out and, he, and God shows him this picture of all these dead bones laying on this, in this valley. And, and, and no life, no energy, no zeal, no nothing. And, and God asks Ezekiel, can those bones live? And Ezekiel goes, I don't know, God, you're God, you tell me. And, Eze- and God says, preach to those bones, prophesy to those bones. And so Ezekiel begins to prophesy and preach about the goodness and the grace of God. And, and those bones begin to take shape. And, and the Bible says that tendons and sinews and begin to grow. And, and, and wrist bones are connected to forearm bones. And forearm bones connected to, to elbow bones. And there's a song somewhere in that. Knee bones connected to shin bones. And all these bones start connecting together. And Ezekiel's like, wow, God, that's amazing. Look what you've done but they're still dead. They look, like, they look like people. They resent. They got some flesh. They got some bones, but there's no life in them. And it's kind of like the church today. They look like the church. They talk like the church. They, they do the things of the church, but they don't have much life in them. There's no zeal. There's no fervor. There's no passion. There, there's no sense of urgency. There's no desire for more. And so God says, I'm going to breathe on them. I'll take care of that. I'm going to breathe on him. The same word that God used in Genesis chapter 3 when he breathed life into Adam. And when God breathed, life entered that body and it came to life. And in this case, life, the spirit of God was breathed on them. Life came on those bones and they came to life and stood on their feet. And they were an exceedingly great army. What we need more than anything is for the breath of God to breathe on his church so that we can rise up and be at an exceedingly great army for the glory of God. Here, here, here's what, what I know, want you to know. Without, without the continuing influence of the Holy Spirit, church becomes cold, worship becomes mechanical, prayer becomes monotonous, the word becomes meaningless, and our faith becomes weak and we lose our spiritual fervor and passion. I'm going to pray in just a minute, and the praise team's coming back, and, and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will just come on us, and individually and collectively, and dead, passionless believers will be re- revived, and battered and worn out saints. Some of you have been through a war. I mean, you've been through a real battle, and you, you just feel defeated. That, and I'm not saying God's going to take you out the battle, but I, He's going to give you new power for the battle. I'm believing that today. Trusting God, speaking that over your life. That bitter and ungrateful hearts are going to be transformed, laid bare before the presence of God. That dry hearts will be set on fire for the things of God. But here's my greatest concern. Here's my greatest concern. Some of us don't even know we're dry. We've been going through the, the ritual, been going through the thing for so long. We don't, we don't even know that we're dry. We, 
here's, here's how I explain it. People come to church here and they visit and they're here three, four weeks. And man, I've never felt the presence of God like that before. All I do is come in here and cry. And, and, and man, what is that? It's, it's, it's the spirit of God. God's answering our prayer. And then there's other people that have been coming here for years and, and their response is, I don't, feel like, I don't feel the presence of God like I used to. And, and there's just not, the, what's, what's going on? I'm telling you, it's not an absence of the presence of God. It's the condition of your heart. You're dry and you don't even know it. You're, here, here's, here's what John told the church at Laodicea. He said, be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Here's what he said. You think you're wealthy and have everything you need. I mean, the economy's good right now. You can go wherever you want, pretty much, for the most part. Uh, a lot of good, maybe. You, can't, you think you're wealthy and have everything you need. But in reality, here's what he said. You're pitiful, you're blind, you're naked, and you're shamed. You don't even know the state, the condition that you're in. My, my greatest concern is, is that for those that are dry, you don't even realize it. There's a lack of a hunger. There's, the appetite has been, been squelched with other stuff. I'm telling you, I'm not, I hope you hear this in love. I love you. I'm your friend. Many of you call me pastor. Most of you do. I don't want you waking up one day, sobering up and realizing that that other stuff didn't fulfill. Or losing it for whatever reason and missing out on God's best. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm afraid for us as a church that we'll, be get, we'll get content and just going through the motions and doing our things without believing, trusting, expect, expecting, desiring more of God's presence, more of God's anointing. We, listen, Clover Hill, we got to acknowledge that we need, we need, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the church. I want streams of living water to flow from my innermost being. We need the fire of God to fall, to purge us of our sin and give us the passion to live for Jesus like we've never had before. We need the spirit of God to breathe upon us and put his spirit within us that we can live a victorious, overcoming life. We need the rain of God's presence to fall and saturate dry hearts and refreshing our lives. So here's what you do. Don't panic. Don't stray. Press in through praise and worship and be filled. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for bread, will give him a snake? Or how many of you, if your, if your son asks for a bread, will give him a serpent? No, that, that's not what you'll do. Even though you're evil in your ways compared to God, you give good gifts to your kids. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Amen, everybody. Stand to your feet with me, will you? And, and let's pray. Lord, we need you today. We, we, need, we need more of you. God, I pray that you'd begin to stir, stir up a hunger and a desire and a thirst for the things of God. Lord, I pray that you'd baptize us with fire, with passion, with zeal, with a, with a longing for you, oh God. Lord, we need you today. Come on, I, 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 can, I, can, I can take you to the trough, but I can't make you drink. I, I can encourage, maybe inspire, maybe motivate, but I can't make you want to. If you want more of God, you've got to press in. If you want more of his 
If you want to be being filled, you got to ask. Why don't you Why don't you raise your hands towards heaven and just begin to declare, God, I'm hungry for you. Come on, lift your voice with mine. God, I'm thirsty for you. Lord, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. I don't want to be dry. I don't want to be passionless. I don't want to go through the motion. I want the fervor, the zeal, the plan, the purposes of God to be fulfilled in my life. Lord, I'm hungry for you. You said if I'll seek you, I'll find you. If I search for you with all my heart. Lord, you said that if I'll hunger and thirst after righteousness, I will be filled. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, I desire you for me personally, but for us corporately. I desire.